passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That is not going to work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want. What you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the jabroni beating, pie eating, trailblazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock whoops your ass. What's going on, brothers and sisters? Coming to you from Theater D, Row J, Seat 7, I am the Godfather Nate Milton, and this is the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, your favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now playing this month, 2013's Snitch. I've been wanting to tell you something. I admire you so much. The stand you're taking. You didn't take the easy way out. Not setting up one of your friends. I couldn't do what you did. So it looks like you're the one teaching me what real character and integrity is all about. I love you, son. I love you, too. All right, so that was just a little sample, a little preview of what we got for y'all this month on the program. Uh, but you know I can't do it alone. That's why each and every episode I bring in a special guest to talk about this movie with me and uh you know since every cisco needs an ebert every ebert needs a roper and every blaine needs a twine my special guest in the theater with me this week is a friend of the program making his first appearance he is one of my co-hosts on the black lightning podcast and i'm so glad he he was able to take time out this month to uh sit down and and, and check out this film with me 
Clement Bryant is is with us this month. Clement, how you doing, my brother? I'm chilling, man. You know, finally things are a little more chill at work, so it's a little bit easier for me to jump on. Don't have to post anything today. Don't have to <laughs> read this. Well, actually, I do have a couple scripts to read, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's good, man. I'm just I'm literally just waking up and just chilling right now. I've been. I've, it's been it's been an interesting week of like me usually being like all high strung and being all stressed out, and then this week has just been kind of like the chillest week I've ever had at work. Mm. So it's a, it's been interesting. It's an interesting interesting week. It's been an interesting year, man. We we ain't even to the summertime yet. Like, how have you been holding up through through all of this this craziness going on in the world, man? Bro, it it my it's. It's hard for me because I have I I struggle with anxiety, mm. um, in 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 my job, um, just because of some of the things that I've gone through. You know, when I came to LA, so, um, you know, it's hard to be working from home and not be talking to your coworkers, especially when you have you have a lot of projects going on, and it's hard not to uh, it's hard not to be able to just go over to their desk and be like hey can we talk about this real quick because i need to make sure that we're kind of buttoned up on all these things here right um but otherwise it's been it's been steady um you know i've been staying with my girlfriend because you know i don't want her to be alone through through all this um but it's also been like a little bit of a learning curve of us like cohabitating mm-hmm. together yes <laughs> so <laughs> it's been it's been interesting so you know, I'll go back to my place, you know, once a week just to check the mail, make sure I'm still paying bills. And we were trying to move in together. So the fact that this happened, it's kind of like threw things off a schedule. Mm. But it's also like like a trial period. Right. You know, so it's been like, it's been like, babe, I need you to do the dishes. <laughs> like, like, I can't cook unless you do the dishes. <laughs> or like... Or like you know, it's, it's good. It's like a, it's like it's like training camp for for when you move in for real. This is like spring training for y'all. Oh yeah, and then we're talking like we're talking about money and student loans stuff, and mm. you know, so it's been it's been it's been it's been. I'll just say it's been a learning process. I'll just say that. Um, mm. But otherwise, I've, I've it's been it's just been. It's weird, man. It's like I find I find myself a lot more angrier than usual, just because of what's going on lately. Right. It's like I can't, you know, and I don't want to get political because this is not the that's not the purpose of what we're talking about. But it's like I find myself getting angry because you know I told I told you I told you this on the on the BLP podcast that you know my parents, my dad, you know, double lung blood caught last year. Mm. Uh, like you know, diabetic over sixty. So it's like, and I think about everyone else that has like had people in the hospital or you know lost someone, and it's like, why? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's it's been interesting, man. I especially like 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 we talked about uh, like you said on the Black Lightning podcast, man. Especially when when the government had the cheat code the whole time, they had the answers to the test before we before we took it, and unfortunately, they uh, they acted in the way they did, which has put us in the situation that the country's in right now. Right, and in L.A., you know, I don't know how it is in you know Nova, but it's like here in L.A., we're just going through another three month of lockdown. Mm. 
And so, you know, my job, my job is, you know, for those who are not aware, I work in TV and I work in film. So like, you know, and I do social media marketing and digital marketing for those films, for those, for those films that entertainment. And so one big thing right now is when is production going to come back? When are we going to be able to get back to filming, post-production, um, you know, even just getting back in the office to see your coworkers. And so like, that's been a big question mark. And I also find myself like a little worried about like, yo, how's my job going to be come September? Mm. So we're even through the summer. So it's like, it's something that, you know, I try not to think about, but also like, you know, I'll be watching a lot of movies. I'll be watching rock. And it's kind of like, dude, I'm going to like, what, how is thing? how are things going to change? What is this new normal, this new reality going to be? Am I going to be able to go home and see my parents? Mm. You know? So it's like, it's a very real thing that I'm like, all right, this is not, this is not cool. Yeah. And I, I think that's the big thing. Like nobody knows uh, right. what's going to be on the other side and, and how long it's going to take for us to get to that other side. Clement, the, the only thing I'm sure of is regardless of how long this lasts or, or what our new reality looks like once we through this storm, is Dwayne the, jo- the Dwayne the Rock Johnson gonna find a way to make some movies somehow, man? <laughs> you I can't mean, keep that brother from working. <laughs> I mean, the dude is like he's like he's like he's got he's a he's like a, he's like a head of Boss Water now. Yep. He's got the tequila line. Oh, I, I still need to try that tequila. Like my friend tried it. Uh, my 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 friend uh, out in Chicago, out near Chicago, he's tried it recently, and he's like, man, this is so smooth. It's like like you drinking this delicious water that gets you. Drunk. <laughs> I don't know if I can be, be doing that, but like, I mean, my man is like, yo, talking about a guy who like never stops working. Yeah, and it's like there's always an announcement. He's like, okay, well, I got Black Adam coming in 2021. Yep. Oh, wait, now I got a partnership with Under Armour. Oh wait, now I'm doing a movie Red with Netflix. Oh wait, now I'm doing this movie with another movie with Emily Blunt for Netflix, and it's like, yeah, the uh, ball and like, chain like that. That looks interesting. Like, come on, Rock. <laughs> I'm like, did you never? And then, and then the man, you know, you know, my nickname for those who are not associated with the BLP podcast is Brother Swole. And so, like, <laughs> so, like, you know, I haven't been keeping up on my fitness routine, but I'm like, I'm looking at this man. I can't go to the gym, but this man's got a big ass gym, and he's just staying swole. I'm just yep. like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I see him. But I'm also kind of like, like you see them cheat day pictures he put on Instagram, man. All them pizzas and and the sushi, Bruh, I like. I was. It was the, like last year. I was. I was the social media guy on Win This Yes, right? Mm. And literally the day of launch, he posted a picture with these big ass stag of pancakes <laughs> part, of the, part of the Netflix window on his iPad with Win This Yes. I was like, I was like, I had it worked out in like three weeks because of this campaign, and mm. so. I see that, and I'm like, thanks, Rock. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm like, not only you insult me in my personal life, my work life, you're also getting me on my personal life. Like, it's like, <laughs> come on now. But, nah, I'm just messing around. But, like, I think, I it's like, I think, you talk about a man, it's like, I think The Rock is inspiring, though. I would hate to piss him off. I would hate to piss him off. Because he seems like a nice guy, but I'm also like, yeah. I'm like, but, like, I, I, I admire the guy, man. He's, he's built himself up, and 
you know, coming from being 15 years old, his family being homeless, he's built himself up to be quite the player. And I'm kind of like, it's impressive. Yeah, like, you know, you could say he got a f- early foot in the door because of the wrestling stuff, but just because somebody gives you that opportunity doesn't mean you're going to run with it like the Rock has. Exactly. And then we see, like, we see how people after the Rock have come and try to do that. John Cena, Roman Reigns. Um, Batista. Batista. And I think I think Batista is the closest thing to, like, a success like the Rock. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, even Jericho to a certain degree. Um, you know, even Becky Lynch is trying to do stuff, and even like you know, um, Ronda Rousey. It's like yeah, yep. she started out in UFC, but like she's trying to get into movies now. So it's like it's all things. So I think you know, when we look at The Rock, he kind of set that that template of what success is for wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Well, well, speaking of wrestling, Clement, let, let's take a step back. Uh, obviously, Dwayne The Rock Johnson got his start. In, in the crazy world of pro wrestling, uh, were you a fan of, of The Rock back in the day? And, and, and what did you make of him as, as this performer in, in, in the world of wrestling? So I got to premise, I don't remember matches because I remember just like my, my, my childhood was kind of like crazy. But, um, mm. you know, I love The Rock. Like I even patterned like I even had a I even patterned myself on The Rock when I was young. <laughs> so, like, I would refer to myself as the people as the people's champ. I would be talking smack in high school, which, you know, kind of got me into a lot of fights. Um, like, and it's like... You walk around wearing silk shirts. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to a certain degree, that, that, like, I pick up, like, the, I pick up, like, talking smack and being creative from The Rock. It's kind of helped me, like, when I go in my career, I do what they call community manager, so I got to reply to people mm. um, from, um, like, brand accounts. And so depending on the tone... I can either be straightforward or I can talk a little smack. Like right. One of the one of, I can't say what the show was, but one of the shows was like a really angry white guy, uh, who's the character, who's a mm. character. So you can probably figure out who it is. And I had to like literally talk smack every day, and like I kind of, I kind of attribute that to The Rock because The mm. Rock was though someone that kind of inspired me to do that back in the day. Um, so like I would go around, I would like try to do the, you know, the eyebrow. I like rock bottom, my, my brother off the couch, <laughs> I get grounded for it. Like every week, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure I heard him really badly, but he's fine now. But yeah, so the rock was a really thing was someone that I looked up to growing up mm. because also like, you know, I was a little kid I was getting beat up every day, getting picked on, and not even for through you know any fault of my own, just because of who I was. So right. like, I would come home and I would watch the walk, and I would be like, I wish I could feel strong, I wish I could be this guy, and I wish I could be like this guy that people look up to, this guy that you know has the admiration of women, men, whoever you have it be. I wish I was the rock. So like that was like kind of my. That was one way that I kind of escaped that, you know, going through all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, the rock was really important to me growing up. And and so when you first hear, Clement, that the rock is is going to make this transition from the ring to the screen, uh, did you think that he could be a good actor? And, and did you think that? he would eventually become what we know him now as, you know, one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. 
back then I really didn't have a concept of it. So I really wasn't thinking like when you know when he started branching out, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna leave wrestling, I'm gonna miss him. And but there was nothing because I didn't know what I know now about entertainment Hollywood. I was kind of like, okay, I hope he, you know, has a career. And that was, I think that was like my thing. I hope he does well. You know what I mean? Because I was like, okay. I hope he can make a little bit of money, scrape by. <laughs> right. It's just like, be able to be able to like, like continue to just like, not even have a lot of money, just be able to support himself. Mm. So, um, because we know in Hollywood, Hollywood is feast or famine. Yep. Feast or famine energy, especially when you're an actor. So, you know, and I think, I think when he when he started branching, I was like, okay, let's see how it goes. And when he got Scorpion King, I was like, mm, I don't know, you right? Know what I mean. But then I think my turning point was for the Rocket movie was, was when I saw him in GI Joe uh, Retaliation, mm. because he was actually pretty good in that. Yeah. So, and that's that's the next movie he does after Snitch, right? So, you know. That was my turning point for The Rock. But when I saw him, I was like, okay, maybe he's got something. And ever since then, you know, I will say that The Rock, he has done really well of making me... I think the one movie that I felt something for him with when he was acting was San Andreas. Mm. When he was San Andreas, when his daughter... did Wait, spoilers, did you see San Andreas? Yeah. Okay, so when his daughter died in San Andreas, I was like, oh man... The Rock is actually he's actually getting to me. So um back then, man, I was like I was like, we'll see how how it goes, you know? But with Scorpion King, I was like, eh, I don't know. Well, I think that's been one of the best things about this series, Clement, is like because we do all the movies in chronological order. So like we started with Scorpion King and we've worked our way up now to Snitch, and you're seeing the fact that not only is has he gone from just being billed as The Rock to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, now Dwayne Johnson? Like, so there's that kind of growth in in, in terms of his branding, but also in terms of his acting. Uh, and, and particularly, like, we, we're going to talk about Snitch today. I think around 2013 is where you start to see him kind of come into his own. Right. Like, from the... From I want to say from Fast Five on, we see a different stage of the Rock's career. Yeah, I think I think when you talk about Fast Snitch and GI Joe, I think you see like little glimmers of what he's gonna become. But then when you see Fast Five and when yeah. he's against Vin Diesel and everybody else, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I think like like I was like, I think Fast Five. I was like. I noticed it with G.I. Joe that I saw Fast Five. I was like, damn. <laughs> like, this is yeah. pretty badass shit. Like, it's pretty, this is really dope. Excuse my French, but like, it was something that I was like, I need to see that movie again. So, you know, and to the degree, I really love Hobbs and Shaw. You know, I know mm. we're getting out of snitch, but like, Hobbs and Shaw was like one of my favorite movies last year. So, you know, I think, I think he's had a good, you know, a great, you know, career so far. Yeah, and I, I think with with him, and we'll talk about it when we talk about Snitch, is he has the ability to, even even if the movie around him isn't the best movie, I think he's always charming, and he's always somebody that, that draws your eyes as a viewer. 
so like even if the if the movie isn't the best vehicle for him, I feel like he can outperform the the vehicle at times. Yeah, and I think I think that's a really cool thing and important to note. And I think when you talk about you know the stuff that he hasn't done that isn't action related, like a good example is Ballers. Ballers yeah. has no action, but it's like. But he is, like you're saying, he is charming. He's magnetic in the role because you cannot take your eyes off him. Same way that he was in the wrestling ring. So mm. he's managed to kind of take what he did in wrestling and find that avenue and apply it to what he does in movies and TV. Yep. So, you know, and he's always charming. Even in Scorpion King, I was like, <laughs> okay, I like The Rock, but like this movie is still kind of like, I don't know. But Right. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, let's let's take a trip back, Clement, because we got a couple games to play before we talk about this movie. Uh, and, and for the benefit of you and, and and myself and the and the audience, let's leave 2020 behind for a while. Let's let's take a trip back in the time with a little segment we like to call the Time Warp. Uh, and for the listeners who are new to the program, the Time Warp is where we go back to the year of the movie that we're talking about this month and so for snitch we're going back to 2013 and we kind of take a look at what's going on in the culture particularly pop culture and particularly the music charts uh so clement snitch premiered on february 22nd 2013 in the u.s can you guess what the number one song on the billboard top 40 chart was i have no idea (laughs) See how how good your memory is of of 2013. It feels like a lifetime ago. 2013 was a shit year for me, but <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Mm, let's, I can't even begin. To... I was gonna I was gonna see if I could give you a hint. Um, let's just say that this particular artist is out of this world. Like we're playing Password. David Bowie? Oh, that's a good guess. But no, it's not Bowie. I mean, it couldn't be David Bowie, but out of this world. Mm, I have no idea, bro. All right. So know. the week of February 22nd, 2013, the number one song on the Billboard chart was Bruno Mars from the really? album unorthodox jukebox with the song Locked Out of Heaven. Swimming 
was only seven years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, like that was, and and, the, and like it only spent one week at number one, but like that was the first time I remember kind of really being aware of Bruno Mars. Like he had a record before that with uh with the Lazy Song. Yeah, but like this was when I was like, oh, Bruno, Bruno got a little soul to him. And I mean, Bruno Mars, you're talking about Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is someone, you know, I used to, you know, for, I think, I don't know if I told you, but like, so I got, I went to school for music. Mm. I went to school for music industry, music, and, you know, I went to a uh, college called Full Sail. Where, where they tape NXT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I went there. I, I went there for recording arts and music business. And so back then, even back then, I heard inklings of who Bruno Mars was. But it mm. wasn't until 2013-2012 that he actually started making that transition of being a household name. So, you know, dude's got talent, and I I kind of miss him on the charts. I haven't heard a good song from him in a while. Nah, but they, you're right. Like, Bruno had a good run for, like, he had this record, then he came back up uh, with the uh, 24 karat magic and and he did the Super Bowl halftime show like Bruno Bruno had a good little run yeah he did and i think i think he what he's doing right now is just taking taking it easy but like Bruno i think Bruno is one of these guys that is like even though that you don't hear from him he's always working he's always yeah. doing something so, and plus he's writing for a lot of other people too so like he doesn't even have to put out records no he doesn't he's got that he's like neo where Mm. Neo hasn't really released a record in a long, long ass time, but Neo's been writing songs for people. Same thing with Ryan Tedder from One Republic, like writing yep. songs for other people and doing other things. So I respect the hustle. That's a good way to make a buck. Like, <laughs> so, like if you mean I ain't got to go out on tour, I could just write a song and collect royalties. Depending on if the, the, the song is a success or not, but yeah, like this is a good little way to make a chunk of change. Yeah, so Bruno Mars Locked Out of Heaven was the number one song this week. Uh, the second game we play in the Time Warp, Clement, is the budget game. So, Snitch had a budget of $25 million. Can you guess what the worldwide box office was, brother? For Snitch? Yes. Mm. Well, it was a huge box office hit, so I'll say in the neighborhood of like 55. Ooh. I should, I should have known better than, than to play the budget game with somebody out in Hollywood because you you real close. Uh, the the budget, like I said, was twenty five million. The worldwide box office was fifty seven point nine million dollars. The millions, millions of dollars, 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 millions of See, and I, it was an indie movie. It was an indie movie. I remember, like, mm. during during that year, I had worked on a documentary for Participant Media, which is a production company of the movie. So, like, I remember hearing a lot about Snitch because I was working. I wasn't working at Participant, but I was working on certain things with them. So it was okay. like, so I was like, you know, it's an indie, not a lot, a lot of, not a lot of then big talent, you know. You know, it had John Bernthal before he was the Punisher. So yep. it's kind of like, <laughs> so like, you know, like, it wasn't really that kind of movie. So, like, I'll estimate, like, it, I think a healthy estimate would have been on 100 million for that. Mm. And I think when you're talking about movies and if they hit or not, you also got to look at the timing. 
because this movie came out when? It was like what? Uh, February. 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 2013. Yep. Okay. So a good, a good kind of comparison note is February 2013 to February 2018. We know what came out in February 2018. Yep. Black Panther. So, <laughs> right. So it's like we look at that and you look at the timing of it. The timing is everything because back then, January, February weren't really big months for big releases. And so when they put and they say we're putting this February, they're kind of telling you what they think the viability of the film is going to be. Mm. Back Black Panther aside, Black Panther had the whole benefit of leading into the MCU. Yep. And so, and because he was in Civil War beforehand. So, you know, we got to look at timing. You got to look at, you know, the industry as a whole and like when something hits because something could be like right now in a world in in a regular world trolls world tour would have been like okay it's, it, it did fine but on vod oh shit it's, it's a big damn success oh no <laughs> so you got to look at the timing of things too so i think that's a big thing when people might look at snitch they might be like oh this little cheap ass movie and blah 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 but it's like february 2013 the biggest name you had in that movie was Susan Sarandon and Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I think if this was a movie that came out, you know, maybe five years later, even it would have been a bigger deal because the cast is actually pretty good. It's a good cast. It's a really good cast. Barry Pepper, and especially if the movie came out post Punisher. Oh, like, right. Right. Like you have Susan Sarandon, Barry Pepper, uh, Dwayne Johnson and, and John Bernthal. And you're like, and Barry Pepper also was in, um, what was he in? He was in the um, the movie with Dylan O'Brien, the T, the um, Maze Runner. Uh, he was in Maze yes, Runner. Yes, yes, yes. So, like, you looking at that, it probably would have done really well. Probably, I'm not saying it would have done majorly better. Probably, I would say, like, 100 million, 150. Mm. Even, even 200, maybe 200. Yeah, because even then you're talking about a di- like a rock five years in the future, after Fast and Furious and after GI Joe and all that other stuff. Exactly. So you know you have to look at also who the production company is. If it's like participant media, it's not going to be like this big box office thing because participant really does. They do mainly do issue based films, which which Snitch is one of them. Like really political issues. Like mm. participant was on. You know, I mentioned earlier they were on when they see us. I think they did in giving a truth that documentary with Alex. Uh, oh Al yeah, Moore. yeah, yeah. So like they usually do like issue based, you know, film and TV that has a message behind it. I even think they were behind Roma. I think they did some stuff for Roma last year for Netflix. So um, it wasn't good. I don't think this that they were positioning it in the marketing as this big stunt, big thriller thing starting the run action thriller called starting Roger Johnson is more about it might be an action thriller but it's about the issues of what the what's what it's based on. Mm, so yeah. I don't think they were expecting even to be this big a box of success. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like basically the real quick kind of cliff notes plot summary of Snitch is you got Dwayne the Rock Johnson who is playing a construction worker and or he owns this construction company. And uh, his son gets mixed up when his friend sends him drugs through the mail. And his son gets tangled up with the law. And in order to keep his son from serving 
a life sentence in jail or at least 10 to 15 years in jail. I forget the exact sentence. But to keep his kid out of jail, Dwayne Rock Johnson's like, I'll go undercover and try to bring down this drug cartel for you. And the drug cartel is run by Benjamin Bratt, who is like Benjamin Bratt's always great whenever he shows up. Like he doesn't get a lot of credit, Clement, but like he's always solid. I mean, he always showing up random places. Like the one of the things, like Doctor Strange, he was in Doctor Strange. I'm yes, like, yep. I'm like, what? Why is he in? It's like you could have got anyone for this role. You got him as you know as Jonathan Pangborn and Doctor Strange. I'm like, <laughs> but like that's the point of he just shows up and he's like, all right. Benjamin Bratt, what's up? Yep, you got Benjamin Bratt. Uh, as you mentioned, you got a uh, Susan Sarandon, uh, and she plays like uh, the uh, she's the attorney general, the or the U.S. Yeah. attorney, uh, and and so she's really like there's a like a subplot in this about the judicial system and mandatory sentences uh, that we'll get into here in a little bit, Clement. But See, uh, is she based? Is she yep. Yeah, she's basically like. She's not a villain, but she's kind of an antagonist towards The Rock and his son in this movie in that she's so strict and by the book. And so The Rock has to do what he's got to do to get his son uh, out of this. Uh, long story short, uh, they eventually uh, they eventually entrap Benjamin Bratt. Uh, he's forced to surrender because he didn't want he didn't want his son uh, to get involved in this whole thing. And so the rock and his, the rock son is free and they live happily ever after. Uh, but yeah, this, this movie is, I think, you know, when we talk about what we like and what we didn't like about snitch Clement, I, I think I have to start with the cast. Cause like you said, you got the rock, you got Barry Pepper, you got John Barenthal, you got a uh, Harold Perrineau who like, I, I love Harold Perrineau, man. Like I think, that guy is is another underrated actor. Uh, you've got he is not he is not like lost, lost the eyes, bro. He was so good and lost. And you know, I don't want to go too far down the road. Even like when he was in a uh, Constantine, NBC mm. was pretty dope in Constantine. Yep. So like, you know, yep. Harold Perrineau was great. Uh, Michael Kenneth Williams. Oh, is no. yeah, come on. Like, <laughs> like we, we talking about Omar from the wire. Come on. Come on Omar's like, in this one. Bro, like Kate Williams is just <laughs> he's a god. He's he's acting god, man. And he he's he's another for like I think people respect uh his work, but again, like I don't think people really understand how good this dude is. Bro, okay, I'm sorry to mention when they see us again. Like, I don't want to mention it again. Oh, yeah, he yeah, he's so yep. good in when they see us. Yep, he is legitimately good in when they see us. I think outside of Jarrell Jerome's performance, he is he's got the next, like, I mean, he was nominated for Emmy, so I think even his performance is like one of those performances that you're like, you look and you can't stop watching, even though you want to because of what's going on in it, but. He's he's so good. You talk about Omar from The Wire, and you're like, he's done so many other things out there. But most people know him by that dude with the scar on his face. So it's yeah. like, it's kind of messed up. But you know, anything that you can see him is great. But yeah, like so, like the cast goes at least seven deep, like in, in terms of like the big names, and I, I think everybody plays their roles well. Uh, so that that was my first like uh, about Snitch Clement was just. The cast, like I was surprised by how deep the cast was. What was one of the things you really liked about Snitch? 
it's been a while since I watched it, but I remember, like you said, I I love the cast. I even like the fact of seeing Rock do something a little bit more serious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. there was a little bit of an action. There was a little bit of action flair to it, but I like seeing him do something that's a little bit more to the heart, a little bit more serious. Okay, let me ask Yeah, I love that you bring up him being a father because let me ask you something that kind of, because I rewatched it this week just to refresh my memory uh, on the movie. And this is something that Brittany, one of our uh, co-hosts on the Black Lightning podcast, when she came in to do the game plan episode of Rocky Mavia Picture Show, something that she and I talked about was how Hollywood kind of casts the Rock's family and how they always seem to, at least in my mind, kind of struggle with <laughs> putting together like a family that racially feels like it fits with Dwayne Johnson. And I think, and that's the thing because it's like, he's also, he's Simone, but he's also black. Yeah. So, and my, nine times out of 10, his family is white. Like, <laughs> and, but that's the funny thing. It, it's a funny thing though. And I think, you know, just to go back to, you know, why I like The Rock. When I found out he was half black, I was like, what? He's black? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, I, didn't know, I didn't know. I had no preconceived notion of like who or notion or any knowledge of who his father was. So I was like, yep. he's black. But you're talking about like racial, even like some movie like San Andreas, you know, Carla Gugino, Alexander D'Adrio. It's like, I'm like, he's always white. Like what? But I don't think that really matters to me as much as what he's actually doing in the movie. Mm. You know? Because I'm one of these people that race is important to me, but it's also not important to me because, like, there is a reason why a movie turns out the way it does. Yeah. And it's not only just because they don't want to cast white people, they don't want to cast black people, say whatever you want. There's reasons why that we don't know about why a movie turns out the way it does. So my thing is, knowing all of that, working in this field, I go in, what's the story? Hmm. Who? What is he trying to do? What is his motivation? And what are, what are they trying to tell? And what are they trying as, to get across to me as an audience member? So I think that's as far as when I watch movies and TV, what that's the thing that I look for. So, yeah. like, and I, I think one thing with The Rock, Clement, like you know, speaking to that point, is The Rock is just a character or, or a, an actor, uh, should I say, that. I think everybody gets behind, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're straight, whether you're gay, like whether you're liberal or conservative, like there's very few people that don't have anything good to say about The Rock as as a, as a viewer. And exactly. so I think like for me, like, yeah, when I see Rock, you know, kissing his white son on the cheek, there's, there's like a part of me that's like something doesn't add up. But I'm willing to let that slide because the like everybody feels at home with the rock because he's just that kind of magnetic force, as you said earlier. Right. And even when you were like, I think one of the movies that like, I kind of started, like, I, I know I, I attribute like race to witch mountain, but also, mm. I mean, um, you know, I talk about GI Joe, but race to witch mountain was also something I was like, okay, this is something different for him. So I think Jack Bruno. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, I you know I forgot about Race to Witch Mountain. I remember like seeing that and being like, okay, so so there. So like you like you're talking about we talked about him being a father in these movies, mm. Race to Witch Mountain, father figure, Race to Witch Mountain. Um, you know, the game plan, right? And, game plan, and, and, uh, even gridiron gang to it to a certain extent. Exactly, and even um, you know, and we were talking about that. You kind of see he's going to do certain things. So I think. 
you know, when he got Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy, exactly. When he got snitched, it was like, it's a good building block for him in the movies. Yeah. Um, you know, I think even like going back, one movie that I was surprised about was Be Cool. Mm, yeah. I forgot about Be Cool. Cool until I started talking about it, but like, that's, that's one of my favorite rock movies. Like, he one of his best early performances, I think. Right. So, and we're talking about that. So, by the time we get to Snitch, it was good for me to see him do something a little bit serious. Mm. You know. So, I think that's what I really appreciate about the movie. The move, the storyline. I feel like the movie tried to do too much. You yeah. know what I mean by trying to tell a story of you know incarceration. Uh, prison times, all this stuff, this side of the third over here, it's an action thriller over here, but then it's talking about the justice in here. It's like, it's trying to do too much. You, you know what it reminds me of? And Snitch is not nearly as good as this movie, but it sort of reminds me of when Denzel did John Q. Yeah. Like, I like John, I like John Q a lot, but it still kind of suffers from sort of that trying to do too much problem that, that you start, you're talking about here with Snitch. Yeah, and like even like John Q. John Q is one of my favorite Denzel performances, especially as a young black man growing up. Yeah. But again, when you're talking about these movies that try to do too much, and it's like, and I understand that the director or the screenwriter is trying to weave in a bunch of issues. And as someone who's seen part of that process, it's hard. Mm. It's very, it's very hard to balance a lot of tone. It's like. You're trying to do this, but you're trying to do this, but you're also trying to do this. It's like, unless there's like a narrative plot thread that links all three together succinctly, it's very hard for that movie to really do a lot of these things. And I think Stitch is one of these movies that, why I kind of generally like how it came out, it does suffer from bloat and trying to achieve too many things in, mm. in the message. So, you know. That's that's how I feel about the movie, and that that brings me to one of my dislikes about Snitch Clement is when I watched the trailer back in 2013, and even now, like even this this week, when I went back and watched the trailer on uh, YouTube before I you know rented the movie to watch it again, the movie that they're selling me in the commercial is not the movie that we get on the screen because in the commercial in the trailer they're showing me all the action. That's in the movie. Uh, but the problem, Clement, is all the action they show me on the trailer is all the action that's in the movie. Because this is a very, like, it's a suspenseful movie, but it's not really right. an action movie. Right. And that's the thing. And you talk about, like, Hollywood. My job as a marketer is try to figure out how do I get as many seats in the seats to watch the movie as possible. Mm. That's so what like, you're saying is it's your fault that I went and spent money to go see Snitch thinking it was an action movie. It's all your not fault. my fault because I didn't work on it. <laughs> but don't, don't be trying to play that game with me. But like, I want my $12 back, Clement. <laughs> wait, wait, where's my money? Where's my money for all the insults, all the and them insults? Like, <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. You owe me royalties for the Ragdoll podcast. No, I'm, mm. just, I'm just playing. I'm just being stupid. But like, as a marketer, our thing is to figure out what's the broadest way to sell this movie or sell this television, this television show mm. and get as many people to watch it as possible. So it, it make, I guess it makes sense that they would push the action element because, because this yeah. movie, like, yeah, it's the rock and, and going chronologically, this is coming uh, after faster. The, the movie with him and Billy Bob Thornton. 
Oh, right. And yeah. and that was all action from start to finish. Right. And I mean, it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, it's very hard in a movie like this to, like, I, we were talking about doing too much. It's very hard to sell all of what the movie is trying to do in a one and a half, two minute, three, sometimes three minute trailer. Mm. So it's very hard. So you have to kind of make decisions about what you're going to try to get across because what's the broadest thing anybody's going to relate to? It's the action or the son or the father son story. That's it with the, with this particular movie. So, you know, and I think when you, the other thing is when you have an issue based movie, that's trying to talk about certain issues in our society. Sometimes people don't want to be burdened with that. Mm. They don't, they don't want to go into a movie knowing that, Oh, we're going to be talking about, you know, the criminal justice system. Oh, we're going to be right. talking about this. We don't want to, like, they don't want to know about that. And that's one of the things that I struggle Stop with. Stop trying to push your SJW agenda in my movies. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> or they just don't want to, or they just want to go into the movie and turn their brains off for two hours and right. not think about it. So when you're talking about a movie like Snitch, it's like, how am I getting butts and seats? And how am I getting people to want to come see this movie. The action of the father-son storyline are the two things to deal with. It's the easiest thing because when we talk about marketing and trailers, especially a movie like Snitch, and I don't want to be going off too too far off, it's like you have to think broad. You know, what's the broadest storyline things that people are going to relate to to be able to see make get people into the theater to see this movie. Mm. So it's a, it's 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 when we talk about movies and oh we should have done too much should have done this, the marketing is the hard part. <laughs> so when trailers do sell you a lot about all the action and you see the movie, it's like all the action. You're like, okay, that's about for someone like me. That's a part. That's like part of the course. So I'm not surprised that they went that route because I don't remember the marketing campaign for this movie. So I'm not surprised they went that way. You know, so. It is yeah, it is. like if, if if you go back and look at the trailer, and, and I posted the trailer, uh, the put the link to the trailers in the notes for this episode, so the people can go and uh, look back at it. But yeah, the two notes they hit are the father son stuff and the action, and that's pretty much like you don't get any of the uh, stuff about the justice system or the mandatory sentencing. Like that's not in the trailers at all. And in to to my point, they're not unless they were trying to make that a chief objective what to get across they weren't going to because people don't want to be reminded of that especially in 2013 we see it now because people are a little bit more culturally sensitive to what's going on with the criminal justice system voter oppression voter suppression mm -hmm. um and even mandatory sentencing you're talking about people are more active about those issues now but then i don't remember a lot of people talking about that you know what I mean? I remember a lot of people talking about criminal justice system, right? right? A lot of people weren't talking about that. So they weren't going to put that in the trailers to market the movie regardless. I mean, to be fair, Clement, it was 2013. Every, everything right. was fixed because Obama was in office. So there was... Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, again, I don't want to get too political, but yeah, Obama was in office there. And then we talk about 2016. So like you're saying people really weren't talking about it because Obama was like, he, everything was fine with under Obama, at least how we see it, you know? Mm. So 
he was fine. But like now, people are talking about that. So like when we're talking about the issue of five years later or it was released five years later, it probably would have done a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely would have had a bit more urgency. Yeah, and especially especially now when we're dealing with you know before COVID hit, we were dealing with the issue of voter suppression. Um, you know, criminal justice system going to going to prison for 20 some odd years, whatever the sentence is for, you know, having pot in your car or having mm. pot in your apartment. It's like, these are the things now. So like, I think it's a really interesting thing to think about if this movie was released in 2018 to 2020, how would it perform? How would it have done? I'm kind of like, yeah, interesting to think about, especially the only, the only change I would have made is instead of, uh, my man that played rock son and no, no shade, uh, to the brother, uh, I think it's Rafi Gavron. Was, it, was that what his name? I think that's the kid who plays Roxanne. I might be. I might. I might be. I don't remember the kid's name. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> instead, instead of him, we put Michael B. Jordan as the Roxanne. Come on, that's a hit right there. <laughs> I don't know if I would have put in Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> and the only, the only, the only reason why I say that is. MBJ and The Rock seem a little off. And also, MBJ was probably starting pre-production or starting to have conversations about Fantastic Four. So, I think <laughs> Fantastic Four came out in 2005. I mean, we know how long you know, yeah. movies take to get made. So, I don't know if I would have gone with Michael B. Jordan. I would have maybe gone with someone like... Man, it's... it's who would you? Who would I cast as his son? Knowing the budget, the budget right. is also the thing is also the key to worry about. So, like, because they had The Rock and Susan Sarandon and John Bernthal, they probably were already back set on that budget of like how much you spend on cast. <laughs> so, like, who else? Who else would I have like picked? I have no idea. Like, I mean, the only the only person in in our budget range is Ray J. This man said Ray J. Oh wait. <laughs> All right. You know who I would have. You know who I might. Who might have been good. And he's mm. a little eccentric, but I think he can do seriously well. You're what? Have you watched the latest seasons of Agents of Shield? Uh, there's no. This dude, there's this dude. Um, I forget his name, but he plays Deke, and he is the grandson of the Fitz and Simmons characters. He's a little eccentric, little crazy. But I think he has a good enough soul to be that. I know we're talking about the whole racial thing of who they cast for his family in these movies. But I think he might have been a good guy to kind of like get his feet wet. I don't remember. I don't can't remember if he was acting back then. But I think if he was, I think he would have been someone interesting to be able to cast. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking at the uh, Ages of Shield wiki right now. Deke. Huh? Yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah. You see you see what I'm going for? Because it's yeah. like, it's like I think it, he kind of has the hair a little bit. And he has huh. the eyes that kind of like match it. So I think he might have been I know it's a random pick, but I think he would have been pretty good. Jeff Ward is he's 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 really good. He's eccentric, but he's good. Um so you know, I think I would have gone with someone like him. Or we're talking about someone like young, black, up and coming. Um, MBJ MBJ's personality is a little bit too big for me for this one 
Because I can see him be like, kid coming on set of Rock being like, it's still the movie. <laughs> like, I was like, this is a rock. This is a rock show. Say, it ain't MBJ show. So, right. You know, I think he would have been an interesting person to pick. Why? That's why I'm but trying I, to tell y'all. I'm trying to tell y'all, America. Ray J. Ray J. Ray J. In the Ray Rock. <laughs> this man. I can't believe this man said Ray J. You said Ray J. Wait. <laughs> why? Why, why, uh, Ray J? Look, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get a, get me a pair of them Raycon headphones, man. And wireless joints. Let me ask you a question. I thought I just thought about this, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Mm. What about Kian? Kian Lonsdale. Oh, uh, for those that don't know, he played uh, Wally West on The Flash. Think about uh, it. Like, wow, that's that's an interesting be, pick. Before before he came out, mm, you yeah. Know, and don't get me wrong, I love the fact that he came out. I think that's a really good thing. But like, there is a diff. There is a difference of his personality before he came out to when right. after he did. So I think if you would have got that, I wonder how 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 the how would that would have played. That's that's interesting because I, I like Keenan a lot. Like I think of when he came back on the Flash this past season. Like it's 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 a shame that. Uh, it's a shame that I, I'll put it this way, Clement. It's like it's a shame that I don't think the previous regime on the Flash utilized him to his best capabilities, and then their story. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Because he came I, I back this agree. season and he was really good in his in his episode. He was he was re- like I had fallen off on the Flash, and I know this is the Rocky might be a picture. Of, <laughs> I'm not trying to go off, but he was really good, and I was like. Like there's something different. There's something different about the way he's appro- approaching the role of Wally yeah. West. And I was like, and I came back into it because of that. So when you're talking about who would have played the Rock Sun and Snitch, if you're talking about what he's doing here in that episode back then, mm. bruh, like that would have been killer. It would have been dope. Yeah. And then like I I do like like I know, like Michael B. Jordan is the go-to for everybody casting a black role these days, but like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of young black talent out there that that I'm interested in seeing. Will they be getting these these roles in the next, you know, three to five years? Bruh, like I think when you're talking about young black talent, or at least like what we see is young, man. Nate Parker, I'm like, mm. I was really, really upset about what what happened with Nate Parker because if you know, I don't want to break down the podcast, but like Nate Parker, before everything came out, the dude, if like if nothing happened with you know Birth of a Nation, yeah, he might have been Killmonger for all we know. Yeah, he might have turned out to be he even like early people wanted to see him as Black Panther as, as T'Challa. So I think you know Nate Parker is one of these guys that could have really done really significant things for at least us in Hollywood. Mm. So, um, you know, but there's a lot of young folk like Brandon, Michael Hall is another one. Uh, yeah. If you never watch God friend of me, the dude, he, he's magnetic and he's likable. Yep. Um, very likable, but he was also in power this year. And I, even me, someone who works on God friend of me, I was, I, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I was like, this is not my good old mild fighter that I know about. Like I was scared. So I think we're talking about young black talent, man. There's so many other people besides MBJ 
that can do a lot of good that can do good things i mean somebody we talk about all the time on the black lightning podcast china and mclean i mean china and mclean the professor williams i mean even the dude who plays um brandon like the dude he's yeah uh jackie gilroy he is so good yep uh uh, Chris Emanuel, who we, we talked to on, on one of our most recent episodes, who plays TC. Exactly. And even like, um, you know, Jordan, right? Yep. We're yep. Like, yeah, Jordan's great. Like, it's like, there's so many great Oh, Jordan, Jordan would have been interesting in, in Snitch as the rock son. Because <laughs> that physical presence, you can, you can see the connection. Damn. I think, I think we solved the case. <laughs> we probably did. Damn. Like, yo, that has me going like Farouk right now. Damn. Like, that's being like, 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 just like, just like, sort of, I just want to pause and be like. Yeah, but like, for the listeners that don't know who Jordan Calloway is, uh, he, he uh, played uh, Painkiller, Khalil, on Black Lightning. Look up the brother now on Google. Like, Look up Jordan Calloway and imagine him playing the rock son in this film. Like, I think, like, no, again, no, no shade to the actor that's already in this movie, but I think Jordan Calloway would have killed it. Oh, and we're talking about a young Jordan Calloway, pre, mm. like, Jack, but, like, oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> I, dude I, I'm in my Farouk mode right now. I just want to be like, damn, this would be like, just like, that's the end of the podcast, that's it. We're done. Yeah, we talk we about did it. We, <laughs> we solved it. Like I'm like, I'm kind of like, damn. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jordan Calloway, man. Like that. That's that's a good good young brother right there, man. I've met him. He's a really he's a really cool cat. Like when you look at what he does on screen, you would assume like he would be this cocky actor. No, mm-hmm. no, he's really chill, respectful guy. I was like, wow. I was surprised. I, I like, and I didn't, not to say that he was going to be that certain person, but I was really surprised about which is like how down to earth he was. Right. You know? So again, much like, yeah. like you're talking about with the rock, like the rock could have been this dude that took everything for granted and been cocky, but he put in the work and, and he was humble. And like, I think, you know, I see a little bit of that in Jordan, like the, the hard work and, and, you know, not thinking he's the greatest thing in the world, even though he's like really damn good on these shows. Right. And I think when we talk about Hollywood and we talk about movies, everyone thinks it's an easy thing to do. And it's not, you have to do the work, no matter if you're in a marketing job like me or you're an actor, or you're trying to be the next agent or studio head, or even it's, it's about doing the work, not losing yourself in this world not losing yourself to who you are, to where you come from. It's about who you are as a person and doing the work and not getting shut up about like the glitz and the glam. Mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, we talk about what we don't like about snitch, but there's no one that sets out to do like a bad movie or sets to do like a right. movie. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like movies and TV shows are hard to make. It's not just something that you're like, oh, wait, okay, we're on production for five days. Okay, blah, 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 edit, blah, blah, blah. Okay, put them right. Out. You, know, you have budget harder. constraints, time constraints. Time constraints. You know, shoot, you know, if they're far better for me to say like, oh, shooting problems or, you know, 
Mm. It rains for a week straight, and then that puts you a week behind schedule. Or there's a ton of things that can happen. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, we talk about Snitch. I think it's really important to talk about, hey, we like the movie, and we can objectively criticize what we didn't like about it, but not go too hard about, like, oh, this cat, we don't like this cat for this reason, we don't like this cat. Everyone does the best they can on the movie. That's that's a good way to look at things, a good way to kind of wrap things up, Clement, because, yeah, like, uh, you brought up Fantastic Four earlier, like, Josh Trank didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to put out this terrible superhero movie. And we talk about Fantastic Four, I think Fantastic Four is one of these movies that we like now Fox is in with Disney, but then Fox really didn't know what they mm. were trying to do with their movie. So there was yep. a lot of studio interference with with Fantastic Four. Well, I mean, you said the same thing with um, with Zack Snyder and, and his movies with DC, with Warner Brothers. I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah, Man of Steel showed up the way it should. I love Man of Steel. Man of Steel is still one of my favorite movies to this day. But when you talk about something changed when he went from Man of Steel to BBS mm. and then they went to Justice League, something changed in between the in between those movies. And we don't know what it is. I have no idea what changed, but like there's a lot of studio interference. So we talk about movies like Snitch. We talk about even movies like Rocks Had Some Failures, even something like Scorpion King, there was probably studio interference with that. Yeah. So it's like you know, I think it's important for us to really think about, you know, people listen to us as these critics, as these people who have opinions on, you know, TV and film. But I think one thing important to wrap this up is movies are what they are for a reason. Mm. It's there's always a bigger thing going on behind the scenes than it is when you just get to the final product. And, you know, you talk about putting the work in. We're going to put the work in right now, Clement. We're going to put the work in for the people and give our final opinions on the movie Snitch. And the way we do it here on the Rocky My View Picture Show is with our patented five-point rating scale. So, Clement, five points. If, if a movie, if you think this movie was great, if you think this movie was perfect, you know, the script was good, the action was good, the rock was excellent, that's a five out of five. We just went one-on-one -on -one with a great one. If a movie is pretty good, you know, it's, it's really solid, uh, could be better here or there, but overall it's an enjoyable experience, that's a four out of five. That's a people's okay. champ. Okay. If, if a movie is just solid, right, it's not great, but it's not terrible, it's, it's enjoyable to watch on like a rainy Saturday afternoon, that's a three out of five, man. That's a know your role. Okay. If a movie is bad, but, like, The Rock is good in it, and he elevates it a little bit, that's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. <laughs> but, Clement, if a movie is terrible, if it has no redeeming qualities, if it's if it's bad and, and it, it doesn't allow The Rock to elevate the material, if a movie is Doom, which is a movie that we've reviewed on this show, <laughs> if a movie is Doom level... That's a one out of five, man. That's a rock bottom. <laughs> so I, on, that, on that scale of one to five, what would you give Snitch? I would give Snitch 2.5 to three-ish. Mm. So, uh, so in, in between a jabroni joint and a know your role. It, it, it's, a little, it's a little bit between. It's like, it's not as bad as Doom was. Like, Oh, that's a BFG joy, but like, <laughs> I can't, I 
I can't. I can't even think about that movie seriously. But it, it's there's there's good merit to what it tries to do. Mm. But I think it try like we talked about it does too much. So and it kind of loses itself in between trying to do too much. So I would say you know two point five is two three. Okay, like, and that's that's the you've unlocked the secret rating because uh we had a former WWF official Jimmy Corderas on the show before, and he was the first person to give out a two point five for the Tooth Fairy, and so that's a brand new like <laughs> secret rating. Anybody that gives something a two point five, that's a know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mean you can't. I mean, would you agree with the rating? I, I think you're right because I was, I was like, like it's not a two, it's it's hovering like I know it's not a five or a four, I know it's not a one or a two, is it really a three though? And so I think two point five is about right. You know, I know you're rolling shut your mouth because I appreciate what they tried to do right with the message. I appreciate showing the relationship between the Rock and the Sun. Uh, I wish there was more action in this movie, quite honestly, uh, but I do like the cast. So, like, the things that the movie does well, Clement, I think it does well, but it's overall, like, not a movie that I'm I'm going to be rushing to go back and watch anytime soon. Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly how I feel about it. So, Clement and I both give 2013 Snitch a 2.5, a know your role, and shut your mouth. <laughs> um, but Clement, we we had some fun this week, brother. Before we get out of here, man, can uh, you actually? You know what? Let's 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 hold on to the plugs for a minute because I want to let the people know we got a big movie coming up next month in the theater. So next time on the Rocky Mavia Picture Show, we're gonna be running 2013's GI Joe Retaliation. Security's early. They're all dead. There's only one man that authorized a strike like that. And I voted for him. You're insane. My fellow world leaders, you're looking at an advanced weapons system capable of destroying each of your countries 14 times over. 15 in the case of North Korea. And all at the push of a button. to assume that there's no one we can trust. There is one man. General. Call me Joe. Drive it like you stole it. As your good friend, you need no catchphrase. I don't know much about where I'm from, but I know I strike fear everywhere I come. Government Let's get to work. So I wear my gun. I really need the rocket launcher, but I'm too young. This is going to give me courage not to fear no one. To feel no pain and hear no tongue. So I hear no screams and I shed no tears. President says they can't come out of retirement. They didn't say anything about re-enlisting. So yeah, oh, GI Joe Retaliation, Clement. Like I know that's the movie you said. That's where you know you kind of saw The Rock taking a step to this next level. Uh, like uh, any any memories about that film? 
I think G.I. Joe Retaliation was that movie that really, really kind of, when I think about the previous movie, the first one, I was really disappointed with that one. I was really disappointed when it came out. So I think we get to Retaliation, this is a movie I was like, okay, I'm a little bit better now. Yeah. It it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't quite totally, you know, change my feelings on how G.I. Joe turned out, but I think it does, it goes a certain distance in trying to fix that. Yeah, it at least left the series in a better place than before The Rock got there. Yeah. So, and, you know, The Rock did his thing as Roadblock in this movie, so I was like, all right, I'm good. (laughs) So, yeah. And and, and I think I'll just leave it on this. They put the brother, they put someone who is not white as the lead of the movie. Because you know they built that movie around him. Because before it, it was Channing Tatum. Yep. And then... You know, with the rock, so I'm like, all right, I'm not mad at it. And that that was the beginning of Rock's uh, self-described franchise Viagra phase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he brought GI Joe back from the brink, but uh, yeah, that's what we got going on next time. But we we got to close up shop this month on the show, Clement. We appreciate you stopping by, my brother. Uh, Anything you want to shout out, man, the, the podcast, your your socials, let the people know what, what's going on in your life, man. Uh, you can just find me at Clever Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Usually I just be talking about comic book movies, marketing, uh, fitness, getting swole, my green light theory, but I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but, you know, that's just me. I just, you know, keep using on social. So if anybody wants to follow me, go ahead. Like, if you have a conversation. Yes, and then definitely if you if you haven't listened to the uh, Black Lightning podcast yet, check it out. We we got a we got a good little little crew, good little squad with the Lituation Room. Yeah, we do. So you've heard now you've heard two, actually you've heard three quarters of the Lituation Room because you hear me every month. You heard Brittany on the game plan, and now you heard Clement on Snitch. So now we just got to get Vanessa in here. Oh, uh, Vanessa would be fun. Maybe, maybe whenever Black Adam comes out. Yeah, <laughs> whenever it comes out, because we don't know when when things are gonna get back to normal, Clement. Yeah, I know, right? It's gonna be interesting. I can't wait for it to get back to normal. Yeah, so uh, you can check me out on Twitter in the number eight M O Z A I K. Uh, check out the Kings of Sport podcast. Uh, we got a Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Uh, of course, you can he- hear me every month uh, here at. Post Wrestling with Rocky My Via Picture Show. We got t-shirts. We got that merch. Uh, go to store.postwrestling.com to pick up your Rocky My Via Picture Show t-shirt today. Uh, and then, then of course, uh, you can hear me with Clement, Brittany, and Vanessa on the Black Lightning Podcast. Uh, shout out to Austin James for the graphic design for the podcast. Shout out to Braden Harrington for the music. And shout out to John Pollock and Wei Ting, the uh, proprietors of Post Wrestling for putting this all together. So that's going to do it for this month. We, we closing the theater up. We, we got to disinfect, uh, that, that it's the new protocol. Now, Clement, it, there can only be two people in the theater at a time. You got to sit at least 12 feet away from me. And then we got to disinfect the theater after the movie's over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I gotta go yeah, I, about it. I gotta go bleach my headsets now. 
what you gotta do, bro. Do what you gotta do. It's that new reality. So, uh, thank you uh, to all the guys and girls out there for checking out the show this month. We hope you all are safe, and we'll catch you back here next month for GI Joe Retaliation. So, for my guest Clement Bryant, for Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, Nubian eyes are watching. Poon tang your ass on out of here. <laughs>